Sit back and listen and enjoy my podcast about health, wellness, fitness, yoga, business, and life. I talk about everything from ways of eating healthy, mindfulness, yoga, working out, manifesting, to pop culture, momming, adulting. I try to have fun and laugh at myself along the way of my sometimes stressed out and frazzled life. This is Fit, Fun, and Frazzled, and I am your host, Nikki Lanigan. In today's episode, my guest, Zandra Howes, joins us. She is a psychotherapist in her own private practice, as well as a creator of Soul Essence Wellness Center. She holds in-person and online energy healing sessions. She uses her background in psychology as the foundation for teaching. She helps her clients develop their intuition through simple energy medicine practices so they can finally trust themselves. In this episode, we talk about mental health, spiritual psychology, what is Buddhist psychology. We also talk a lot about um, being sensitive or empathic. And um, we talk about being psychic um, because she is also a psychic medium. So we talk about that. We talk about how to find um, and work with our spirit guides and so much more. I'm so excited about my podcast episode today. I am joined by my guest, Zandra Howes. How are you today? I'm doing so good, Nikki. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on and record with me. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm there's a lot of cool things to share and I know you're passionate about helping folks and have a lot of mental health things on here, so my heart's my heart's in that place too. <laughs> oh, good. Thanks. Um, can you tell the listeners who you are and about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, I I'm really, really passionate about psychology, spirituality, and energy healing. And so it's really funny. I've got my two wheelhouses. I'm a psychotherapist on one realm in Colorado, where I've got a full practice there. And then I'm actually also a psychic medium as well, where I teach online root energy medicine courses, really informed by psychology. And then I do psychic medium readings for folks that are trying to connect with people or just have, you know, our life questions. Should I buy a house here? Right. Mm How do I overcome this here? So I do a lot of really cool supportive ways. Obviously one realm's a little bit wooier sort of than others, but it's more of a a holistic psychotherapy front is sort of the other wheelhouse there too. So, yeah. Yeah. How did you get into, um, being a psychic? Ooh. Uh Um, Well, I love, I actually love sharing the background of it. Cause I think, I don't know if you have this, I sort of had this growing up a little bit. I was super, super empathic and really sensitive. And I just was overwhelmed all the time by everything. And I had no idea that when you're empathic and you're sensitive, usually you have really high intuition, but a lot of times if you're not grounded and you're not trusting and you're not neutral to what you're experiencing, it gets really discombobulating. So I was one of those kids growing up that was super overwhelmed and was pretty psychic, but was really shamed of it because no one ever said, Hey, you're just picking up on things in the sphere that people aren't saying. I was like, Oh, why am I sad? Cause the person next to me sad. Right. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. I think, so, 
I have two daughters and I think um, they're both very um, sensitive mm-hmm. and empathic. I think I am too. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes someone more sensitive than others? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Cause like a lot of folks, this is like the nature nurture kind of question mm-hmm. away of like, you know, is this human born sort of really sensitive? And I really do see that some folks are really, um, I don't know if you've heard of the term HSP before or highly sensitive person. It's kind of like, um, it's almost like there's a spectrum. So if you have a highly sensitive person and the next step up is kind of empathic and then the mm-hmm. next step up is intuitive. And so folks that are highly sensitive people might be folks that are just um, maybe more sensitive to their environment. That could be noise, lights, touch right more in the physical sense like it's it's if you're the person where you're like I'm introverted because so much energy really discombobulates me that might be someone who's just more sensitive but not necessarily not necessarily empathic right so someone who's sensitive might not be able to really understand what's happening in the room usually when you're an empath you know this right you walk into a room and there's a, someone who's really sad and you instantly know, you're just like, oop, that person's not having a good time. Yeah. There's kind of levels to sensitivity and some Mm -hmm. folks I feel like are really um, born with it, but sometimes trauma can really put us there too. If we aren't really attuned to as kids, or um, sometimes if folks grow up in a space that's not very grounded, sometimes kids have to be hyper aware of their parents in a way, or kind of trying to assess parents or siblings needs. So sometimes people just kind of come into the world. It seems like sensitive and some of it, depending on our households, I had a family that was very Minnesota grit kind of thing. And so I was always very attuned to kind of their, um, energy, but I don't consider myself coming from a home where both parents are really, um, dysregulated in a way. So I kind of feel like I was born in with it. What do you think for you yeah. and, your, and your kids? Sounds like maybe they came in pretty well, sensitive. Yeah. My youngest, like say something is going on with me and I'm like tired and stressed or, um, most recently my mother-in-law, um, was sick and she's since passed, but, um, we weren't telling them how sick she was and they like, and I would act like, Oh, everything's fine. And my youngest, would say to me what's wrong and I'm like nothing and she's like no something's wrong you seem stressed you seem sad are you sad and she's 11 and I was just like no I'm fine you know so it's just she's very good on picking up other people's energy even if um I'm irritated she picks up that and then she gets irritated and she even says she says I was in a good mood but you put me in a bad mood because you're irritated and I'm like I'm sorry (laughs) oh man yeah I kind of love that she has that much trust to tell you that because some folks don't, there's something in our culture around, like if you're sensing or sensitive, you're like, almost like you're, it's like this weakness sort of piece, but it's actually kind of a superpower. Like her ability Mm -hmm. to tap in and see your mood means that there's healing potential for her to be able to see people at a deep level. But if you can tap into, if she can tap into your energy, she can tap into healing frequencies at a higher piece too. She can tap into nature at higher levels. She can tap into herself. So it's such a, there's always this fear around, like if we can sense other people, you know, like we're, um, we're not as strong, but it's kind of a super, yeah. I'm kind of excited for her that that's her experience. If she learns how to ground it in and make sure not to take energy on. Cause that's the tricky part, right? Is we end up mm-hmm. getting really swayed by people unless we know what's our energy that can kind of be the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually happened to me. because I'm also a yoga instructor. Um, so sometimes, um, I don't do hands-on assists 
um, because I pick up other people's energy. I've felt that. And I, if I have anxiety that day, I won't touch them also because I don't want to shift my energy to them. Oh, I love how kind you are then. Sounds like maybe she gets <laughs> you then around awareness and how do you regulate your own energy? It's such kindness. That seems like mm-hmm. you're that, but yeah, I see where she's getting it now that you're explaining it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <thanks>. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you also, um, I know I've, uh, been looking and doing a uh, research. Um, what is a Buddhist psychology? Yeah, good question. So Buddhist psychology, so traditions, traditional psychology is only like a hundred years old. It's a really, really young field, right? Where you kind of have, most people know about Freud and psychoanalysis and kind of the, um, the root of psychology is looking at how the brain really works, kind of our cognitive processing, our emotions, our thoughts, right? How to really work through those things. And there's a lot of modalities that have come Mm -hmm. out of psychology about how to really change the brain, right? And really work with emotions and things like that. And so Buddhist psychology really brings in this deep heart of awareness. They don't say this in Buddhist psychology. These are my words. So you're not going to find this quoted, but Buddhist psychology kind of has this um, theory that they call kind of brilliant sanity or basic goodness. And I call that soul. That's what I sort of hear when they say it, but it sort of says at the heart of every single person, just like the sun, there is this inherent goodness, this sanity, this deep, compassionate tenderness. And that as we go throughout life and we have certain things that come up from us, it's kind of like the clouds. They start covering those things. And that can be certain mental distortions. That can be certain patterning. That can be certain trauma. And so no matter what happens, that deep goodness, that soulness is always there. But Buddhist psychology holds that when we're really present and we're really aware, we can allow that deep nourishment, that deep sense to arise actually in the body. So when you're working with someone from Buddhist psychology, it's almost like you're holding this goodness at the heart and you're able to see all the clouds and all the things they're working on, but it's holding someone in deep reverence in a big way. So there's a lot of deep respect that I love it. A lot of old psychology has this like kind of more sterile patient client. And it's really important as a, as a therapist to have really good boundaries still and hold all of those things so that there's safety. But Um, there is such deep, I I have a lot of love and care for the people that I work with because they're fighting hard battles and they deserve to be seen, you know, even regardless of mistakes or certain patterns or things like that. So that's how I sort of see it. I I use the word soul. They're not going to say that, but (laughs) that's what I see. Yeah. Um, so for the past two years, you know, we've been in this, um, global pandemic and have you seen more, have people been coming to you more often and, um, using this the buddhist psychology more to help because i feel like i know i've been diagnosed with anxiety in my teens and the past two years it kind of went out of whack a little bit again and i'm meditating more i'm trying to do all the healing modalities but sometimes um you need do need to talk to someone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh man especially for my sensitive folks right and mm-hmm. my folks not only is it trying to ground your space, but it's almost being in the soup, right? Sort of this wavy soup of, are we going to be okay? You know, what do we do here? There's a lot of global anxiety. So I totally get the 
for folks that feel that sort of rapid heartbeat, a little bit more of the earth sort of switching and changing and people's uncertainty, it does require more work because you're able to tap into those sort of places. And I do have so many folks, um, I would say during the sort of pandemic pieces, everyone I met with was basically online. And it was a lot around getting people to really ground in. And a lot of the psychic sort of work on the other sort of realm is called root energy medicine. And so I teach people energetic mindfulness awareness tools of how do you release that energy from a neuroscience perspective, from a psychology kind of cognitive perspective, how do we use affirmations to change the brain. And so a lot of folks were coming in, especially um, I've um, in psychology, I've had a lot of different chapters of who I've helped. And I worked with a lot of teens, a lot of young adults. My practice is pretty wide in terms of who I work with, but especially for the kids with school. Oh my gosh. It was just mm-hmm. so difficult to meet everyone's mm-hmm. learning styles. And so to really support kids in this framework of is the earth going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? Like, how do I ground in? Like I had kids that were very like, why do I even do school? What if there's no earth, right? There's just this sense of how do I hold purpose? So it was so heartbreaking in a way. And so I had parents, I was coaching, I had kids, I was coaching, doing group family stuff, you know, doing psychic readings to help people figure out, is my business going to be okay? I mean, so much energy. Um, and care. So yeah, I am busy all the time. <laughs> I'm busy all the time <laughs> with all this stuff. It, it's continuing, but people are becoming a little bit more empowered, but a lot more folks through the pandemic I've noticed are becoming more open to um, more holistic practices. I don't know if you've noticed that too, but I have. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. What have you noticed in terms of people opening to it? Cause I've seen a lot over here, but I'm curious in your field. Um, so I've been uh, more people are open and um, want to learn more about meditation and breath work, um, tapping and EFT. I've also um, been using essential oils for years. And I feel like in the past two years, more people are asking me about essential oils. Even my parents are using essential oils now. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh man. So you get to be like, Hey, are you ready for the information? Can I share it with you? Yeah, (laughs) I know. I'm still trying to get, um, my kids will do yoga and stuff, but they don't want to do it. Me teaching it because I'm mom. So that's something and they won't meditate yet. And I think that will just do wonders for them. And I cannot tell you how many parents I talk to and they're just like, they're like, why can't like the kids are sort of in that individuation. It's like, they actually would benefit. Yeah. And they actually might want to do it, but it's like, if it's with you, that it's not, you know, it's not individualistic enough for them where it feels like it's their idea sort of way. And so mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many parents I talk to. And I'm like, your idea is brilliant. It is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And they're not going to be able to hear it from you. So, so how do we yeah. get information in, in a different way? Right. 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 So it, but yeah, I love it. I can't even tell you, like, I, I think I, I wrote a blog article or I can't remember when I did podcast wise, but I, I was walking through target and it was hilarious. I was looking for like a card from my grandmother for her birthday or something. And I walked by the art section and there was just like a chakra coloring book. And I like paused and, you know, oh. chakras are what, 4,000 years old from different Hindu traditions yeah. and things. And I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is nuts. It's all coming through and becoming pop culture. So my question is always like, how do we get the sacred heart of it? And as it's becoming more available, how do people learn about energy centers and how 
can that actually relate to changing your brain chemistry and really grounding mm-hmm. your space and working with anxiety in the nervous system? It's such a cool, the psychology, spirituality, and energy healing is like this hub of an intersection. I'm so excited. It's going to continue to grow. And you're seeing it, I'm seeing it. People are more available for those concepts. And it's not just woo-woo necessarily anymore. Which yeah, cool. right. Exactly. <laughs> so my next question kind of um intertwines with what we were saying. Where are the overlaps in psychology and spirituality? Yeah, good question. Well, I think spirituality, I was reading um I love Brene Brown a lot. And in one of her, oh, so do I. Oh my gosh, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, where is it? I was just reading some of it this morning, but um, not her Daring Greatly book, but Rising Strong book. I love her definition of spirituality. And her definition of spirituality really is this deep, sacred connection, knowing that we're not separate, sort of this sense of mm-hmm. when I have an interaction, it actually really impacts that person, which if we go on like a science level kind of is just reiterating that we're all energy and everything we're doing is exchanging energy right in this way. And so what's interesting is a lot of people on the spiritual realm, it is this, if we take that definition, this sort of sacred sense of we're all connection by you doing your healing work in a psychological way, it's actually creating a better, healthier world where everyone can actually feel safe. So, you know, by you offering yoga are helping people really ground into their space. You know, I think about, um, I, I have a little, like a decently long commute to work. And sometimes I learn so much just by driving in traffic about myself and about other people. And I was right. like, wow, when I have a really good morning, I am the driver that, you know, drives really slow in the right lane. Right. I like let people pass. I just let people in. There's this sense of, I have enough space for me and I trust me. Mm-hmm. And stuff. And then on the other days where I'm rushing around, there's this energy of not feeling grounded. And I can see how I impact other people by not being as generous, by, you know, like not signaling to someone when they let me in. Like there's such this cool way that on a spiritual level, when we're really grounded and rooted into our sacred space, our interactions with other people are kinder and gentler. And we're able as a group to collectively move through hardships and more of a, um, more of a way where um, we can see each other and we can care about each other. It feels more like a group, yeah. like at odds, sort of in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I usually try to meditate when I first wake up. I wake up early for work and I meditate, and then I start work, and then get the kids up, and um, my husband just gets up and does his own thing and goes out the door. Um, and on the mornings when the kids are fighting or can't find something to wear and they have nothing to wear, um, and we're <laughs> rushing. I have to come back home and meditate again, um, get just myself grounded again. So I'm not like, you know, dealing with um, clients and work or, or like angrily emailing or something like that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really agree with that. Yeah. Um, so um, how do we connect with our spirit guides? I um, do this walking meditation now and in it, it says, you know, call on your spirit guides. And I never, I've just started it a few months ago, maybe like two or three months ago. And, um, I still don't feel anything. Okay. Okay. Well, my curiosity is how do you usually, do you identify as having like intuitive knowing like those kind of intuitive hit kind of things, or is it just more of the, more of the empathy? I feel people's things. Just more of the empathy. 
Okay. Okay. So usually in order to sense in guides. So if we imagine like, let's see here. So for instance, like in our world and we're walking around, most humans can see the same kind of light. They see the same, the same frequencies really because of how our body processes. Mm -hmm. However, you know, if we were to jump into like a butterfly sort of space, they can see ultraviolet light, right? They can see this way higher spectrum of what's actually happening in our world. And so mm -hmm. from what I've sort of discovered, <laughs> even talking with my guides is that spirit guides really exist kind of on a high frequency. And so when they're trying to connect sort of our work and our practice, especially, and this is how sensitivity helps, our bodies are kind of like a Wi-Fi station. We can pick up different channels and things like that. And if we imagine that spirit guides, they come in at a really high channel and they're moving really, really fast. Um, it's almost like if you imagine how when water moves really fast, it turns into steam and it would slow, it turns mm -hmm. into ice in a way, in order to really pick up a lot of those signals, a lot of times we have to be really, really clear. And a lot of times the energy comes in um, kind of at a faster sort of rate in a way. And a lot of times spirit, especially the respectful kind, always works through the right brain. It always works through images. It works through some of these weird synchronicities, things like certain numbers or okay. animals or pictures or colors. Um, a lot of times if folks are trying to connect with their spirit guides, a lot of times I'll guide them into kind of going inward and almost painting and wrapping themselves in their favorite color because these nourishing frequencies, they bring in higher frequencies sort of in. So spirit guides are typically there. And I think a lot of people get annoyed because they're like, well, they're there, you know, like, why, why am I not hearing it? Or why am I not connecting it? But yeah. We're such busy humans. I'm trying to picture your life, right? You're getting up early. You're working with clients. You're running around. Mom, I don't know where my shoes are, right? Like all this stuff. Yeah. So for you to have the space to just be totally clear, it takes a lot of work for you to just have your own energy. And so mm -hmm. sometimes it takes a lot of clearing out sort of practice before they start coming in. And a lot of times too, what I've seen with, with guides in a way is they come in again on our favorite things. They come in through the right brain in a way. So I'd be curious to see how you sort of bring it in, in a way, because a lot of the times it'll feel a lot of my folks that are um, looking to connect with guides. We want it to be visual. We want this like, you know, mm -hmm. ah, like this, like angelic gold, you know, beautiful like, singing thing, you know, to sort right. Of yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it first comes in on your sensing. It's almost like when you sit and if you say, I'm hoping a guide comes in and all of a sudden you're like, I don't know, it feels like, like there's something to my right. I can't see it, but it's almost like a heaviness or there's like a warmth or like a glow. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it'll come in on your sensations first and then it builds over time. But, um, I actually have, it's funny that you mentioned it. I have a, a brand new course that I just created called root energy medicine. And it's a whole six week course about how to access that. But the fourth one, we actually bring in your healing guide. We actually bring in a healing master, but we learn three weeks of different energy tools to clear out your space or your Wi-Fi station, basically. So you can hear that frequency better. So oh, that's cool. way, lots of information there, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look into that course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how did you, or when did you realize you were a psychic? So I don't know if I ever used the word psychic personally. I always thought I was just afraid of everything for a long time, okay. mm -hmm. to be honest. I think 
probably in my late teens, I started realizing like, oh, what I'm sensing is actually real. Um, And so I was, I grew up in a household where I would, you know, I could barely sleep at night. There were footsteps, there were whispers. I could see people standing in corners. I mean, it was very, very like ghost-like sort of in a way. And I used to apologize to people all the time because I could feel and sense into their mood shifts. And I just, my parents are very, again, grit Minnesota. And they'd be like, why are you so sensitive? Like, this is not Mm -hmm. a big deal. So with a lot of shame, I really shut those abilities down. You know, like if you're a kid and you're 12 and you see someone in the corner of your room, you just keep telling yourself, it's not real. Why are you seeing this? Why are you so afraid? You kind of shame yourself into shutting that down. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I really shut it down. Um, And when I was 15, I actually had a really crazy experience where I was sitting on my bed and I was really nerdy, loved reading books, still am, but I was sitting on my bed reading a book. And, um, I set the book down and cell phones at that time were just coming out where teenagers could have cell phones mm-hmm. at that point. And, um, these pages in a book, almost like a wind kicked up, started flying like back and forth in the book. And instantly my ego, right. My left brain was like, that can't happen. That's not real. That's absolutely not real. Like, and I set the book down and I was like, maybe my phone vibrated under the book and like made something happen. You know, you're trying to make sense yeah. of the thing. And I looked over at my nightstand and there's, you know, my phone sitting there, it's two in the morning. And I'm like, what's wrong with this book? And so I pick it up in my hands and then the pages go even more crazy. And it scared me. And I dropped the book and I closed my eyes and I, I completely fell against my bed and I lost control of my body and a spirit inside my head started talking to me. And I was like, nope, nope, (laughs) we are not doing that. I just kept saying over and over and it took me years to realize what I was saying, but I just kept saying Mm -hmm. over and over, I'm not ready. I kept Mm -hmm. saying over and over again. So the past, um, what is it now over, I'm in my thirties. What is it like 15, 17 years, that whole process since then has been, how do I have choice around what I see and sense? How do I talk with different spirits? How do I have better energetic boundaries in a way? So the whole healing process has has really, that was the catalyst, but I didn't consider myself psychic then because psychic feels Mm -hmm. a lot more empowered. I just felt very vulnerable actually. So I work with a lot of psychic kids that see all those things and, and stuff like that, but feel really disempowered in it. I didn't really have that support until later on in life. So a lot of the things that I offer, like the blogs, the podcasts, all these people that I work with, I'm trying to give folks what I didn't have really at that time, especially the teenagers, man, it's a hard, it's a rough road. Mm -hmm. that's your abilities. (laughs) So, yeah, you kind of mentioned, um, your boundaries. Um, but do you ever, are you, does this ever happen? Like you're out, you know, shopping or something and you see something on someone else you don't know, or because you have such boundaries that doesn't happen unless they come to you. Yeah. I mean, even so yesterday I have two dear friends that are also very psychic and we went out to breakfast and there was a man, we were sitting outside and clearly he was not regulated in his space. He had a mm-hmm. hospital band on and was walking around and didn't see, seem sober in a way. So, but he came and just stared at us at the table and my friend was just like, Ooh, okay, what do we do here? And I could see different kind of, um, kind of foreign energy 
in his space that he had picked up things he was going through. And my friend and I talked and I was like, he really needs water. And my friend was really gracious and decided to buy him a meal so he could sit down and he could regulate his space and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I can, I pick up on things that people are carrying around, but when I was younger, I was just overwhelmed by it. And now I have a lot of tools around kind of, um, almost like putting a coat on in a way I sort of put right. it on and I take it off and on because if it was on all the time, it would be kind of like a, a lighthouse, kind of like a moth being drawn to energy mm-hmm. sort of in a way. So I try not to be overly psychic. Cause then I would see a lot of stuff in the environment. And if I'm doing a, a therapy session, I don't know if I want to see, you know, like, <laughs> like right. something else coming in and stuff like that, just staying focused. It's taken a lot of work to really be able to, um, have a lot of choice over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How, um, can someone work on becoming psychic or it's just something you're born with? Great question. Everyone. So I'm such a, I wish I had a, like a, one of those megaphone things so that everyone <laughs> can totally hear this in like a not obnoxious way, but mm-hmm. everyone is so psychic because psychic is a form of clear, like clairvoyance and clairvoyance just means clear seeing. It just means being able to see things clearly in order to see things clearly. We have to get neutral. So much of us grow up with, this is good. This is bad. You know, um, like a lot of people will ask me, how come cameras can capture energies, right? You take a picture and all of a sudden there's yeah. or there's things like that, but we can't see it. And it's like the camera's neutral. The camera doesn't care if it sees it or if it doesn't see it, but we have certain ideas or ways that our reality happens. Like I wear rings all the time and I can't imagine, sorry, I can't like tell you how many times I run around looking for my rings and they're on my fingers because of sensory mm-hmm. adaption, your body decides not to sense certain things because it realizes it's not a threat. So it doesn't pick up on subtleties kind of where the newness sort of wears off in a way. So everyone is psychic and has the ability to totally open up to those things. Um, some people are born with that, um, Wi-Fi station a little bit more expanded, but any Wi-Fi station can tap into certain frequencies, but I really, believe it's important if you want to be more psychic and have those abilities that it's really rooted in and safe in the body. And that's where my psychology and being very trauma informed comes in because to open yourself up to these higher frequencies, it can bring in a lot of doubt, mistrust. I don't trust myself. And if we have trauma where someone said you can't trust yourself, it's really hard to see those things because you're always wondering if it's true or not. And it it completely Mm -hmm. dissolves the ability to see in neutrality really. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, Okay. I ask all my guests this. Um, Do you have a morning or night routine or something you do to practice self-care? Ooh, I love that you ask everyone this because (laughs) there's so many cool like ideas that people can build on. Oh man. My practice. So I really live from root medicine practices. And those are things that I've, so I've studied different um, forms of psychic mediumship, shamanism, my own sort of Nordic ancestry, things like that. And through all of that, I have really cool guides that come in as well. And a lot of what I do is called root energy medicine practices. And it's a very specific set of grounding certain energies out, really bringing in certain earth energies, bringing in cosmic energies. I send with deep love and care. If I, I learned a long time ago how to see the energy in my space. So if I'm going into my 
kind of center of headspace and say, my mom's in there. We have an amazing relationship, <laughs> but we are always in each other's spaces. And so I kind of take her energy and I imagine putting it in a rose and I give it a really deep kind of blessing sense of care. And I send it back to her, you know, so there's this Aww. way that I send love and care to the energy that's in my space. I call myself. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of it's energy medicine tools and what I use is what I teach to people as well. So that's all of the mm-hmm. kind of homegrown, right? I do what I teach basically to people, yeah. well, a lot of that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Where can everyone, all the listeners find you and work with you? Oh yeah. So my website um, is soulessencewellnesscenter.com. And I have an, a really amazing team of people that help me on the social media front. I think I have a TikTok. I don't ever, I don't look at it very often. <laughs> my my amazing at posting things on there, but I have a, an Instagram, which is soul essence center. Um, I have um, a podcast called soul essence center as well, where I do talk about a lot of psychology based topics and the intersection sort of there as well. And, um, what else was I going to say? Oh, if there's some folks that, um, really want to try practicing energy work and they don't really know where to start. And so on my social media, the Instagram soul essence center, there's a free heart chakra sort of meditation where people can really, especially right now, really dive into that heart space and kind of clear some energy out because the heart really knows a lot about purpose and who we really are as a soul. So it's a really sweet, um, healing free. You can download it, put in your iTunes, do whatever you want with it, but it's a really just sweet, um, free thing that people can have too. So yeah, listeners can feel free to go there if they want to practice that. As yeah. Well. Yeah. I will leave this all in the show notes too, where they can find Beautiful. you yeah. and, um, everything. And I am going to be looking into things myself with you. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on and joining me. And this was so enlightening. So you made me like, even just talking with you, like made me more calm. I feel like (laughs) your presence was so nice. Thank you. Oh man. (laughs) Thank you for having me on Nikki. It's, it's such sweet stuff and I love what you're doing. And, uh, thanks for bringing your medicine into the world. It's big stuff. Oh, (laughs) thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. To find Zandra, all of this will be in the show notes, but you can look for her podcast, Soul Essence Wellness Center. It's available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can head to her website, soulessencecenter.com, her Facebook group, facebook.com backslash soulessencewellness, her YouTube channel, will also be in the show notes. It's a long link. I can't say that all. Um, Look for her on Instagram as well, Soul Essence Wellness. Again, all this will be in the show notes. If you really enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else that you think will enjoy it and benefit from it. Please share online, tag myself and Zandra. Make sure you're subscribed to Fit, Fun, and Frazzled Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, take some time out to take care of yourself and have a great day and rest of your week.